Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Whether through books like The Little Engine That Could or TV shows like Sesame Street, I think many of us have been exposed from an early age to the idea that positive thinking is a good thing and negative thinking is a bad thing. And indeed, the research does suggest that pervasive and excessive negativity can not just be a real downer, but have some pretty adverse effects on our life as well. But when it comes to the impact of spontaneous negative self-talk on performance, the research is actually somewhat mixed and that negative self-talk doesn't always seem to undermine performance like you might expect it to. For instance, in a 1980 study of elite skiers, the lower and higher ranked skiers both reported experiencing about the same amount of negative self-talk. And in a 1983 study, the wrestlers who qualified for the Pan American Championships reported more negative self-talk than those who failed to qualify. Which is weird, right? How could this be? Does that mean negative self-talk could even be helpful at times? Well, a 1994 tennis study provides a little hint as to what might be going on. Because in this study, the players who won their matches were more likely to win the point after experiencing negative self-talk than the players who ended up losing their matches were. So could it be that the impact of negative self-talk depends on the individual in some way? that maybe it's how we respond to the critic in our head that determines its effect on our performance? A team of Canadian researchers decided to look into this a bit further and recruited 93 participants to participate in a challenging bicycling task. Essentially, they were asked to cycle the maximum distance possible in 20 minutes on an indoor bike simulator. Every five minutes, the researchers measured how far the participants traveled and also presented them with different self-talk statements to use based on which self-talk group they were randomly assigned to. The motivational self-talk group used self-talk prompts like, keep it up. The neutral self-talk group used phrases that were related to bicycling, but were pretty dry and emotionless, like, the bike is red. The negative self-talk group used discouraging statements like, my legs are tired. And finally, the challenging self-talk group used the same discouraging statements as the negative group, but they added a statement at the end that embraced the negative thought as a challenge that they could overcome. Like, my legs are tired, 
but I could push through it. And did there end up being any difference between the self-taught group's performance? On average, yes, the challenging self-taught group did travel further in each five-minute interval than the other groups did. Although it should be noted that this difference at the five-minute, 10-minute, and 15-minute time markers wasn't statistically significant. But in the final five minutes of the cycling challenge, when everyone was the most fatigued, the challenging self-taught group's performance edge over the other self-taught groups was statistically significant. Which seems to suggest that maybe it isn't the end of the world that our brain has this habit of spontaneously generating unhelpful and discouraging thoughts, so long as our inner critic doesn't get the final word. You know how sometimes someone will be giving you a compliment, but then you start to get the sense that there's a but coming? Like, your vibrato was really lovely, and I love the richness of your sound. And it seems like you had a really clear idea of what you want to do musically, but your intonation was so inconsistent that it was hard to pay attention to anything else. At least to me, the but in these kinds of sentences makes the complimentary part sound obligatory and insincere, placed there to simply buffer the critique, which is really all this person wanted to say. But this week's study makes me wonder if maybe this principle works in reverse, too. Like, when your inner critic says, that was really out of tune, sure, that's kind of a bummer. But if you then respond with a but statement that's centered around overcoming a challenge, like, that was really out of tune, but I'm sure I can solve this, as I've dealt with tricky intonation challenges in the past, the overall statement feels like it changes to one that's more supportive, empowering, and performance-enhancing. Of course, this particular study looked at performance from an endurance perspective, rather than skill development or performance of a highly technical or intricate skill, so you'll want to take all of this with a grain of salt. But then again, practicing does feel like a test of endurance in many ways, in that it can be easy to get frustrated, give up, or start beating yourself up when you're faced with a particularly vexing challenge that doesn't seem to be improving. So before you embark on your next week of practice, Try taking a couple minutes to A, write down a few discouraging or negative things that your inner critic is fond of saying to you, and then B, write down a few counter statements to make sure your inner dialogue ends on a more positive note in which you embrace the problem as a challenge that you can totally overcome. Like, ugh, that sounded awful. Come on, you can do better than that. Or, man, this is so hard but I'm sure I'll find a solution if I just keep working at it and thinking creatively. You can find links to this week's study and other resources like practice hacks and the audition cheat sheet at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week.